0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten podcast. Yeah.
0: Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Love all of you that support the show in any way that you do. I, we love you, especially if you check checking us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. More and more people watching the show, which is pretty cool. And then, of course, supporting us on social media just with a like or a retweet or a comment. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And, of course, Joe is the fantasy gangster at FG underscore Dolan. And by Joe, I mean the great Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com. Use that code 23FEAST when you go to FantasyPoints.com. It's not too late. It's never too late to get the incredible smorgasbord of information they've got every single week their subscription is well worth it just for the fantasy data just for what do you guys call it again
1: joe The fantasy points data suite ross nothing fancy
0: fantasy points data suite we we
1: tried to come up with some cute names for it but that was kind of the one that was just like why don't we just say what it is you know it's not i like
0: it that's why i forgot about it fantasy points data suite. I couldn't remember exactly how you guys phrase it, but it is awesome. Joe's awesome. And Joe, we got a pretty good Thursday night game. The Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Yeah. And the Seahawks at this point, Ross are kind of trending to the downward. Uh, obviously Geno Smith. Um, I don't know how injured he was for that Thanksgiving day game against san francisco but he didn't play a great game um he had um uh, just 5.00 adjusted yards per pass attempt that was his second lowest of the year after that baltimore game where they got blown out a few weeks ago they've lost three of their last four their only win was a three-point win over the commanders over that span um losing to the rams and the 49ers and back-to-back weeks and the thing about talking about Geno vis-a-vis the 49ers is he has struggled immensely Uh, in his four games against the Niners as the Seahawks starter. So it's hard to pin down whether or not it's the injury or just simply the fact that he does not play well against the 49ers. Nonetheless, this is a really important game for the Seahawks, and they're pretty heavy underdogs on the road here. We have to watch the status of Kenneth Walker. Um, I, I, I... As of our recording, he has not practiced yet this week, so it could be another week for Zach Charbonnet. And if you started Charbonnet last week, well, he got the workload. He had the bell cow workload. He just failed to reach 10 PPR points because they had a really difficult matchup against the 49ers. And this matchup, if at all better, is not much better for Zach Charbonnet. I think the Seahawks need Ken Walker's explosiveness because there's something that is just not clicking with the pass game right now. Um, I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are more wide receiver two, wide receiver three you have to keep in mind um if if you like Dolan you know Tyler Lockett hasn't done a whole lot in recent weeks well guess what six teams are on by this week and there's some good fantasy teams on by this week so you might have no choice but to play these guys Smith and Jigba I view him as the same um and if at all possible I'd try to get a streaming quarterback outside of Geno Smith
0: what about the Cowboys Joe
1: yeah, so if you're looking at DraftKings' fantasy points per game oh, uh, over the last six games, Dak Prescott is the highest-scoring player in all of fantasy football, and CeeDee Lamb is, is second. The Cowboys, when they came out of their bye, just kind of narrowed things down and decided, what do we like to do, Ross, on, on Fantasy Feast podcast? We like teams that throw the ball to their good players. Well, Dallas doesn't have a ton of depth on the perimeter, but they throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb, they're getting Brandon Cooks a little bit more involved, and Jake Ferguson, uh, unfortunately had just one catch on Thanksgiving, he's been kind of Dak Prescott's checkdown guy. So, that... They've narrowed things down. Tony Pollard's happened to score in two consecutive games. And Dallas is really a team where you have to start Prescott, you have to start CeeDee Lamb, and you have to start um, Tony Pollard. Like The role had been great all year, and he's finally scored in back-to-back games. for um, For Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cooks, that just kind of depends where you're at. This is a... This is not an awful matchup. It's not a great matchup. Um, the matchup of the week, really, is Devin Witherspoon in the slot against C.D. Lamb. Um, Witherspoon's been phenomenal. Obviously, we know C.D. Lamb's been great for fantasy.
0: Question for you: What was that stat again? So you're telling me over the last six games, Dak is number one and
1: C.D. Lamb number two in terms At of fantasy position, point scoring. Any position? Yeah. Normally, like when you say like when you say like C.D. Lamb is number one. You're excluding quarterbacks. No. Over the last six weeks, he's two and Zach Dak Prescott's one. Wow. All right. Well, I gotta pick my
0: stud and value this week for DraftKings for the Thursday night game. I think for my value pick, I'll go with Ferguson since he had a kind of a down game on Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Maybe he bounces back, gets in the end zone. So he's only four thousand on DraftKings. So give me Ferguson. And then um, for the stud pick, I guess I'll go, man, C.D. Lamb's expensive. $8,900. And he's going against, Withers- I can't do it. I'll just go Dak. 7200 for Dak. He's been playing as well as any quarterback out there. I think he'll throw a couple touchdowns. Just might not be to C.D. Let's get to the next game, Joe. We'll start with some of these Sunday 1 o'clock games. It's the Chargers.
1: At the Patriots. Oh boy, two teams that like first and foremost the Chargers. It's I I have a, I have trouble with them because look Justin Herbert does not have a ton of help right now and all they do is throw the ball to Keenan Allen, but they can't run the football. And here's a problem. That's the problem for them. They haven't run for 100 non-scramble rushing yards in a game in which Austin Eckler led them in rushing since week one. So they haven't cleared a hundred rushing yards in a game in which Austin Eckler was their leading rusher <laughs> since week one. Now a large part of those have been because Eckler's injuries Ross have piled up on him. Uh, I think we all saw the viral video of his long game a couple of weeks ago against the Packers in which his top his top speed was about 13 miles an hour per next gen stats. And obviously Ross, as you well know, Jordan Davis, the 340 pound defensive tackle from the Eagles hit a top speed of about 17 miles an hour when he was chasing down Josh Allen last week. So uh, that shows you where Austin Eckler is right now, but the offensive line for the chargers has struggled on this slate. They've opened the third fewest yards per rush attempt on, on non-scramble rush attempts. And at, And as bad as the season has been for the Patriots, they've been generally solid on defense. They haven't allowed 100 non-scramble rushing yards since week five. So this is going to be another tough sledding for Austin Eckler and uh, the Chargers. If I'm looking at the Chargers, you probably have a very difficult time sitting Justin Herbert this week. You probably have a difficult time sitting Eckler. But as you've seen with Eckler, if Eckler does not get checkdowns or touchdowns, he is not coming through this year for fantasy. There is a whole lot working against him, and this matchup really isn't all that great. What about
0: when the Patriots have the ball? I mean, is there a single solitary Patriot? I mean, there are six teams on
1: buys. Uh, Ramondre. Uh, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Pop Douglas. Um, he ended up leading them in receiving, but he's probably more of like a deep league guy. Oh, I need to start this guy. That's really fine. Um, but the Patriots are one of those dead teams right now that I really don't want to worry about. The fact that Ramondre Stevenson has played well despite his circumstances is pretty impressive, though. We'll move on to the Lions
0: and the Saints. Lions. Are not playing great, especially on defense. I'd
1: say Joe, yeah, the defense last has couple not been games. very good. But here's the problem: Who's catching the ball for the Saints this week? Mike Thomas is on IR. Rashid Shaheed is not going to play with his quad injury. Chris Olave is in concussion protocol, and this is Chris Olave's second documented concussion. So it's entirely possible the Saints do not have a healthy wide receiver worth a damn in this game. So there's a couple of players I want you to look at, look at in the event that you're really struggling with bye weeks this week. Jawan Johnson, the tight end for the Saints, who might, who's a former college wide receiver. So he might have to play a little wide receiver in this game simply to for the Saints to have bodies out there. And then, of course, A.T. Perry, the rookie wide receiver out of, out of, of Wake, Forest. Uh, Wake Forest. Yeah, I lost my train of thought there. The rookie wide receiver, he's a big guy. Scored a touchdown a couple of weeks ago with Jameis Winston at quarterback. A.T. Perry might be a guy who, hey, look, uh, Derek Carr. The guy is unbelievable between the twenties, and then when he gets to the red zone, he vomits all over himself. This has been a theme since he was a since he was a Raider. But the the Lions' defense has struggled against the pass. I think you can go out there, and if you need him, get At Perry in your lineup, and he might be. Both he and Juwan Johnson might be good money savers in DFS this week if you want to fit some other studs into your lineup. What about on the other side when the Lions have the ball? Well, the Lions are fortunately a a, a fantasy team that is just still fantastic. I mentioned this last week, Ross. It remains true this week. The Lions are still mauling teams on the ground. Um, Their yards yards before carry per rush attempt over the last five weeks is by far the highest among teams on the Week 13 slate. The offensive line has been great. They do have an injury with Jonah Jackson. And, of course, they were attracting pressure for Jared Goff last week against Green Bay, but the run game still had a ton of success, 125 non-scramble rushing yards. Meanwhile, the Saints just got destroyed on the ground by the Falcons for a season-most 187 non-scramble rushing yards. The Saints' decimated receiving core, as I just mentioned, should at minimum... Keep this game close enough for the Lions to hand the ball to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery a lot. They have our number one trench grade on the run game at fantasy points data this week. I have no reason to believe that Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs won't continue to get the ball a whole lot in this game. We move on to the Falcons
0: at the Jets. But before we do, I let you know you can get tickets to this game. I'm sure there's plenty available. It's a Jets home game. On the game time app what I love about it is that you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive you can buy your tickets in seconds with two taps and of course the game time guarantee that means you'll always get the best price so if you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account, redeem code FEAST Feast for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the story of The one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently.
1: Well, I guarantee the Jets are going to suck. That's what I guarantee in this game. What a disaster. I mean, Brees Hall is their best offensive. Well, Garrett Wilson's probably their best hey, offensive Joe, player.
0: Joe, Joe, on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast on Tuesdays, I do power rankings, right? Yeah. And I don't even remember where I had the Jets. But no matter what team they are or where they're ranked, <laughs> I, I say something. And I got to the Jets and – I, I couldn't even think of what to say anymore. And I just paused for like three seconds. And then Jack and I, Jack and I both just started laughing. Because <laughs> it's the first time in Power Rankings history I legitimately did not know what to say about a team.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, look, Ross, I wish I didn't have to say anything about them right now, but I actually have stats if you want to talk about how sh- uh, crappy they are. Go for um, it. They're like their run game if you if you're starting Tim Boyle at quarterback which is coaching malpractice by the way um and look if you're starting at, if you're starting Tim Boyle at quarterback you're going to need to run the football but here's the problem the jets haven't run for more than 60 non-scramble rush yards since week 5 and what the reason we use non-scramble rush yards at fantasy points data is it takes out a lot of the noise like hey oh the uh, this guy there is a, a scramble here, you know, because they rushed three and had a bunch of coverage in the back, and the quarterback took off and ran for 35 yards untouched, okay? That doesn't really tell you how good a team's run defense is. It's more of their quarterback contained. So that's why we use non-scramble rush yards. Well, the Jets haven't run for more than 60 non-scramble rush yards since week five, and they have precisely zero explosive runs over that span. Zero. They do not have a single non-scramble run of 15 or more yards. They, Brees Hall is a big playmaker in the run game, and even he can't get going in the run game. The run game's a disaster. Their quarterback plays a disaster. Their offensive line is a disaster. And now Aaron Aaron Rodgers, who's managed to hold the attention of the nation, he doesn't want the attention, but he's managed to hold the attention of the nation. Yeah, for right. Thirteen weeks right now. Finally, he goes on. Uh, he goes on his 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 program there, and he's like, oh. It depends on the playoff status, dude. Your your you're, your team's playing Tim Boyle right now. You're not coming back this year. Pack it up. Put 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 it back for next year. The Jets suck.
0: How about the Falcons, Joe. I got, dude. I like the way the Falcons play. I I, I saw Algier running hard. Cordero Patterson wasn't messing around. Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's probably not great for fantasy, but I have a healthy respect for the manner in which the Falcons play a lot of these games. Uh, well.
1: The reason it's not great for fantasy is because their quarterback play is subpar. You know, they've Ross. I'm a I'm a Formula One. I'm a Formula One fan. You're you, like you said. You don't get the you don't get it. Um, I think a lot of the people who got into Formula One uh, because of the Netflix show a couple of the years ago. Um, and they had the great all time title race between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton a couple of years ago. And then since then, Max Verstappen's just basically dominated the sport, and everybody's like, oh, this sucks. Well, Max Verstappen drives the best car. He's an excellent driver, but he also drives the best car in the history of Formula 1, the Red Bull 19. The, the Atlanta Falcons have built the Red Bull 19 on offense with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson, and their driver is Nikita Mazepin. I know you don't get that reference, but at least one person listening to this podcast will. Um, they, don't have, they don't have decent quarterback play. Ritter's better than Heineke. I'm glad we got a chance to see Heineke, and, and all right, Roger Smith made the right decision to go back. But Ritter's better than him, but really the only consistent player here for fantasy is B. John Robinson. And then you expect, you know, this secondary is going to be good. You know, Sauce Gardner, you know, he doesn't match up, but he'll see a lot of Drake London in this game. So not a great matchup for London. But last week, B. John Robinson was third among running backs at 27.3 DraftKings fantasy points. Only Kyron Williams and Christian McCaffrey scored more. Um, And that was immediately following a season high in carries before the bye. Here's the other thing about B. John Robinson. He got all of their red zone opportunities when this game was close last week. And they brought in Tyler Algier to close. And that's kind of what Arthur Smith, oh, he's a good closer. Well, B. John Robinson was their bell cow. He obviously scored the receiving touchdown. Where Ritter just kind of threw it up to him against the Blitz. um, And he was wide open. B. John Robinson is an RB1 for fantasy, finally. Joe, let's talk
0: Cardinals at the Steelers. The Steelers, over 400 yards. They had explosive plays. Probably just a coincidence that it was the first game without Matt Canada.
1: It was the first game since they hired Matt Canada that they had. And then also the first game since they fired Matt Canada that they had 400 yards um, uh, uh, of offense. And, I mean, I don't think it was anything, like, ridiculous. It's just that they rediscovered that the middle of the field exists. You know, there's a lot of space there, you know? Like, they... Pat move dominating against the two high looks. And look, here's the other thing about Kenny Pickett. Not only did he throw the ball better than he has all year, this wasn't Ross like check down city. This wasn't like what the Bears did against the Vikings on Monday night where they're like, you know, we're just going to get easy completions for our quarterback. Kenny Pickett was throwing the ball down the field. The throw he had to Deontay Johnson on the skinny post in the end zone that was eventually, I guess, dropped. Um, They ruled it a non-touchdown. Might have been the best throw I've ever seen Kenny Pickett make. So there was a level of confidence here that they were operating with. Nonetheless, I still think the best matchup for the Steelers in this game is in the run game. Najee Harris ran angry last week. He had a season-high 99 rushing yards, uh, and he actually had 100 before he lost one yard on his final carry. So he he almost got you that DraftKings bonus. Over the last three games, The Steelers have their three highest non-scramble rush yards total on the season, and that all coincides with the insertion of rookie right tackle Broderick Jones into a permanent role in the offense. Uh, Meanwhile, the Cardinals just allowed a season-high 226 non-scramble rush yards to the Rams and Kyron Williams, of which over four yards per attempt came before contact. This is a great week for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. A phenomenal week for those guys. I don't know, like what people are going to do with Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson's body language was atrocious in that game, but he should probably suck it up and get over it because the Steelers are showing signs of life without Matt Canada at, quarter, at offensive coordinator. Arizona on the other side, that was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, they're, they're just not a very good team. You know, Kyler is, Kyler, Kyler's playing all right. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to say he's not. They just don't have a ton of talent. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, back-to-back brutal matchups. Um, He caught six of 12 targets for 88 yards against the Rams last week, which actually isn't that bad considering how bad the matchup was. The Rams ranked best in the league in schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. So what that means is we take... The, we take the performance of wide receivers against everybody else, and then we take their performance against the Rams. And outside wide receivers, receivers who predominantly line up outside, average 10 fewer fantasy points per game against the Rams than they do against all other teams. Well, here's good news for Hollywood Brown. The Steelers are second worst defensively in that same stat. So I think this is a good matchup for Hollywood Brown. Um, James Conner, unfortunately he was splitting work in that backfield last week. Uh, Played fewer than 50% of the snaps. I don't know if I want to read too much into that. But uh, James Conner, his his role has shrunk where he's more of an RB2. But I think this is a good week for Hollywood Brown this week. Feeling good about
0: your fantasy draft picks, but not sure what to eat? Make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more. Delivered straight. To your door. I actually had a delicious cheeseburger last night. Got to have something to wash it down. It's Labatt Blue Light. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends, family, by yourself, watching football, setting your fantasy lineups. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Colts at the Titans, Joe. We got big news here with John Taylor out with this thumb surgery.
1: Yeah, but Zach Moss, I mean, come on down. Like, Zach Moss was excellent early in the season and this is just <clears throat> this is just an example of bad luck because I know a lot of folks with Jonathan Taylor coming back, you know, before the bye they had the they had the game in which Jonathan Taylor had all but one opportunity in the backfield, and then in the second half he's playing fewer snaps and we didn't really know what was wrong. Well it turns out the thumb was a problem for him. With Taylor out this year, in his first four games of the season, Zach Moss averaged 22.3 carries, 2.5 targets, and 22.2 fantasy points per game on an 83% snap share. Bell cow numbers across the board. There is an opportunity for Zach Moss this year. To potentially be the league winning running back. And we'll get to Kyron Williams. But Zach Moss could be the league winning running back. And all because Jonathan Taylor broke his thumb. Um, Unfortunately, there was a league where I dropped him. I did not have enough fab to get him back. Um, I I picked him up on waiver priorities in other leagues. Zach Moss is a slam dunk RB1 this week. Wow. All right. What about the Titans offensively? Well, let's take a look at the spread in this game. Because... Derek Henry has been so much better in his career in games in which the Titans were favored. And last week against the Panthers was no different. He scored two short rushing touchdowns. They were able to stick with it. This game is essentially a pick 'em. The Colts are one point favorites. That indicates that this should be a close enough game for Derek Henry to get a lot of work. Um, It indicates that this should be a game in which Derrick Henry is the focal point of their offense. But as you well know, uh, he struggled against the Colts back in week number five, which is 13 carries for 43 yards. I feel like this is the kind of game where you have to put Derrick Henry in your lineup, though, because it's close enough where he should be able to score points. DeAndre Hopkins played, by the way, last week a season-low snap share. Um, I think the injuries have been coming and going with him. Uh, He's had a solid year, but last week against the Panthers, just three catches for for 49 yards, he played 57% of the offensive snaps. That's coming off the heels of a game in week 11 in which he played 63% of the offensive snaps. That is not a guy who is a slam-dunk fantasy wide receiver at this point.
0: Dolphins are playing the Commanders,
1: Joe. What do we need to know about this one? Um, Miami finally got going, fortunately. With Jalen Waddle in that game, let's also keep an eye on the status of Devon Achan. But no quarterback in football has dropped back more than Sam Howell so far this year, and the Commanders are nine and a half point home underdogs. So Sam Howell, I, our 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 fantasy points DFS team has been arguing back and forth: Is do we what do we do here with Sam Howell? Do we line up everything with Sam Howell, or do we try to figure out? Um, a way to to start a DFS lineup without Sam Howell in it. I expect that the Commanders are going to throw the ball all over the field in this game, and the Dolphins are going to do what they do. Get the ball to Tyreek, get the ball to Waddle, get the ball to Raheem Mostert. We'll see about Devon I just get the ball to Joe Dolan every episode
0: of the show that's so nice we do it twice. Six more games to break down in Episode 2 of the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.